Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. On today's episode, we are rejoined by Steve Rio. He was in our last episode where he was talking about the nature of work and how we approach our work, how we approach purpose, and how we can get better in our day-to-day lives. And in this second half of the episode, it was really such a different topic than the first one that I decided to make it its own. This is about transformation. This is about DMT. This is about 5-M-E-O DMT. We talk in this episode at length about what it is, how it works, what it feels like, how it can help you grow, how it can help you change. And the work that he's doing in Canada with 5-M-E-O DMT will blow your mind. It's really incredible. Here's a couple of quotes from the episode. You can't just access that layer of your consciousness through language. And psychedelics were given to us by the universe to do that. Talking about like gestalt talk therapy and how limited it is. End quote. Psychedelics are this incredible bullet train to a depth of consciousness, understanding, or God, or source, or the universe that is unmatched. I truly believe that. If you've listened to this episode, you've heard my episode that I've done on psychedelics, some really, really good ones, and this one is way, way up there with the perspective that Steve brings to it. The experience that he has in this space is really incredible, and I really enjoyed this conversation. I think that you're going to get a ton out of it. Um, He runs uh, one of his other companies is called Enfold, and Enfold is a wellness company with a focus on psychedelic experiences, and you can learn more about Enfold at enfoldinstitute.com. That's E-N-F-O-L-D institute.com. This is a fascinating, fascinating episode. Um, really, if, if you're interested in, in what the benefits of psychedelics may be in your life, this one will be one that you will probably want to come back and listen to over and over. Super insightful. Before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to say thank you to our newest sponsor, Element. It's an electrolyte drink mix. Man, I'm so thankful. Please uh, take me up on this, this offer. It is uh, f- eight samples of the Element electrolyte drink mix for five bucks. All you got to do is pay for shipping. Element is a delicious, sugar-free, keto-friendly electrolyte drink mix. We need salt, everyone, and we need electrolytes. If you've been paleo, keto, or low-carb for a while now, you may have experienced those headaches or cramping or hunger or just like lethargicness that you get in the afternoons, Uh, and that's from not having enough electrolytes. As an intermittent faster myself and eating keto most of the time, I feel that tiredness from time to time, and it's almost always associated with the fact that I do not have enough electrolytes in my system, and that's where Element saves the day. I add Element to my reverse osmosis water, and I immediately feel like my thirst is quenched. When it comes to companies that you can trust, Element is at the very top of the list. I mean, honestly, Rob Wolf is one of the co-founders, and he's a trusted uh, health leader. He's basically the father of the paleo movement. He's a really trusted resource. He's a biochemist. And um, he was looking uh, at people whose nutrition kept falling uh, when he was working out with them during Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And his coaches, Tyler and Luis, turned him on to electrolytes as the solution, and it clicked. And that's when Element was born. He is 
super trusted, and he helped formulate this stuff. Uh, incredible research, great science that backs it up. You can go to Drink Element, D-R-I-N-K, L-M-N-T, dot com forward slash op that's drink lmnt forward slash op and they're going to give you a five dollars for shipping and you get eight sample packs people love this product so much they know that you're going to come back and you're going to order it again so you can try a sample pack of eight for just paying for shipping for five bucks so go to drink element lmnt.com forward slash op and try it out check it out okay on with the show Here's where here's where the podcast gets uh, gets real interesting. Um, uh, not to say that the first half wasn't. I believe that in order to understand ourselves in a deeper level, in order to really understand what we want, and to sort of override or at least quiet that default mode network that's been programmed into us or that 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 our parents gave us in our subconscious, is through interesting experiences, transformational experiences, right? That's where we begin to learn who we are. That's where we begin to know, uh, learn what our purpose might be. You know, how mm. many, um, uh, how many people that we look up to reference like that psychedelic trip that they did in their in their late teens. That was like that was the thing that really drove me into um, into uh, the way of that drove me into my purpose. Like, so I want to talk a little bit about transformational experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, what role does psychedelics or transformational experiences, what role does that have in our being the best person that we can be? Mm. Yeah. I mean, like when I think about my life, um, I've had a number of different types of transformational experience. One was, uh, getting the chance to play music with some of the best musicians I've ever met or heard and being on stage, um, creating transcendence through music, like really ascending time and space, uh, through music. And that's probably the first, you know, first transcendental experiences I can remember, um, where, where you truly lost yourself in a creative process and in emerging of consciousness with others in a way that's like, it's, it's hard to really explain unless you've been there and done that. And then, uh, I also had some incredibly like powerful mushroom experiences through my teens that were recreational. It was not, you know, there was no deep intention at the time. But when I look back, like those, those experiences shaped how I see the universe, Mm -hmm. like completely, you know, like they completely just like they gave me a, perspective shift that has informed the rest of my life, you know? And, and then I think of experiences like when I was 21 and I went to, uh, Brazil for three months and, and like cruised around the country with a a little backpack and a guitar and, um, pretended I didn't speak English so that people would only talk to me in Portuguese and I had to figure my shit out, you know, and I partied harder than I've ever partied in my life. And I had a, an amazing time and I took in culture and I met people and I wrote all this music and I had a great time or, you know, in my mid twenties, I kind of burned out. Um, I was in debt and I had a, got out of a really just, just not a healthy relationship. And, uh, for some reason I like decided to jump on my bike and bike from Vancouver and like basically bike from Canada to Mexico down the West coast. Um, 
And, and I did that on my own, like with no money and, and nowhere to stay. Like, and I ended up staying with strangers the whole way. And I used social media to reach out to people. And I meditated every day and I journaled every day and I read Pema Codrone and I like was on a deep spiritual trip, whatever that means for a 26 year old, you know, (laughs) (laughs) 26, 27 year old. And, um, you know, and, and in the last few years I've had a bunch of really deep, very intentional psychedelic experiences that have absolutely turned my understanding of reality inside out. (laughs) Right. Um, but I wouldn't, I don't think I would have gotten to those experiences that I've had in the last couple of years without all those prior experiences. So I don't, I don't even like when I think about psychedelics, I think they're like the bullet train to, to, to mental revolution to really, there's just no other mechanism for which you can basically open the cap on your consciousness and like drop in. Right. And you can go so deep into your unconscious like I just, I refer to it as like dropping into the cave. Right. And, um, it's what psychology has been trying to do for decades, very unsuccessfully through various talk therapies and all these things, because you just can't access that layer of your consciousness through language and psychedelics were given to us by the universe to do that. And, um, so, so I think psychedelics are like this incredible, incredible bullet train to a depth of consciousness, a depth of understanding of God or source or consciousness or the universe or whatever you want to call it. Um, that is kind of unmatched. Um, and then I, I, and then I think also think along with psychedelics, uh, comes a lot of personal work. Like it, nothing comes for free. Nothing like anything that's easy is generally not going to produce a tremendous amount of value. Right. (laughs) And, and so I think, I think as the, as psychedelics are becoming extremely popular right now, and I'm super excited about that, and this is where I spend a lot of my time, but I think that it's equally important to think about all of the aspects of your life around that psychedelic experience. How do you prepare yourself? What, it, what are your daily practices? What are you putting in your body? How much are you sleeping? Um, you know, and then after the experience, how are you going to integrate that experience? What do you what, what work are you going to do to evaluate your life based on your new understanding? Mm. Because, because it's really easy to have like a mind blowing experience on psychedelics and go, holy shit, my whole life has changed. But then you go back to the life that hasn't changed and you go back to your friends that haven't changed and your daily habits that haven't changed. And really quickly that basically erodes. And then it was just a fun trip. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I want to stay there for a little bit because I I think that that we need to keep talking about this because this this is become this sort of like psychedelic tourism again not not to un, not to undermine you know going to Peru and 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 you know doing four ayahuasca ceremonies in a week and and, and having that experience and then coming back I'm not not to not to erode away that but. There is an important element that I think a lot of folks are missing in that the work that you do leading up, like you said, and Mm -hmm. most importantly, the work that you do on the back end is where it um, fuses in. We, we, We call it right? Like integration work, right? You, mm-hmm. You've had this, you've had this epiphany, you know, you saw God or you got torn apart by a puma or you like, you know, zipped into the, um, you know, and saw the machine elves that, uh, that McKenna talked about. And then you went back 
and then you ate the same food and you saw that you had the same conversations and you went, you know, and, and, and it was cool, but you didn't really like do the introspection or the lifestyle changes or even just the reflection to, to see what that means for you. If it doesn't, if, if it's not useful, if you can't use that, that, that new perspective, then it just becomes a fun thing you did. It's just a light show. You just went and had a light show. You got the light show. It was cool. You could say you did it and then you went back to your life. What are some ways? Well, what are some ways that this is not a very good question because it's just sort of dancing around the work that you do. And and we talked beforehand and you said that you were willing to share some of the work that you're doing. Can you, mm-hmm. can you, let's, I'd, I'd love for you to lay out the work, the work that you're doing and where it's going and, and how, how it can help people. Yeah, sure. And before I do that, um, what you just said is like right on point, uh, about, you know, you come back from your, your experience and you don't integrate and it becomes a light show. And I think, to, to sort of just add nuance to that, one of the things that's so powerful about psychedelics is that it is an ego-dissolving activity. Like if you do the right amount, if you do enough psychedelics and you do it in an environment where you can truly go inward, one of the things that happens is you experience ego dissolution or or um, uh, you you have a non-dual experience, meaning you, the, the idea of you as a separate entity from anything else, it dissipates and you experience unity. You experience oneness with the universe. You experience God, um, for lack of a better word. Um, uh, and that's a super powerful and super important thing because when you, when you break down the ego and your default mode network shuts down, you can have an understanding of reality that is so much more real and so much uh, is rooted in love and it's rooted in healing and it's so powerful, right? And that's and that to me is the the great hope of psychedelics. Mm. Now, what's interesting though, as as you come out of your psychedelic experience, the ego comes flying right the fuck back <laughs> and goes, "Wait a minute, I had control over this life. I have a plan. I've got a system. I've got a way of seeing things. I know what's going on here. That was insane." And it basically, it's like. <laughs> I, I, we call it the ego elastic band, right? You pull it out, but it's going to slap right back at you. Mm-hmm. And you got to be prepared for that because I think what often happens and people have talked about this for decades in psychedelics is that there's like an ego. It can actually build your ego bigger yeah. by having these experiences. Like you can come out of it and just be even more egotistical <laughs> or even more wrapped up in your story because your ego just got attacked. Um, and then it came back stronger. Hmm. And so you you need to you need, again you just need to put in work. It's like it's it, it's like anything. You can't just do something once and expect it to change everything. You can't go to the gym and just lift for 4 hours straight and think your workout is done for the month. Like that's not how these things work. Mm-hmm. Right? Um and so psychedelics is is very similar to that. So I think that's just an important thing to understand um it, just the nuance of that. Yeah. And um and so in terms of the work that we are doing, um, so that's what Infold is. Infold is basically a, um, I don't know what to call it. It's like at the root of it, it's like a wellness company, right? With a, with a strong focus on psychedelics, but we're already, we're, we're, we're also really focused on the entire, what we call the container of the psychedelic experience. So we refer to it as like Infold exists to empower safe and, holistic psychedelic experiences, right? 
And, and to us, what that means again is, is helping people prepare themselves, um, and build a foundation of habits and practices. So honestly, a lot of what nature of work is the, the program that's, that's about building a foundation for yourself of healthy habits of, of healthy, um, uh, daily practices, routines, a good relationship with your technology, with your work, um, so that you're, you're creating the, the bandwidth in your life to actually have time to reflect and have time to build relationships and have time to rest and restore yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Um, and so a lot of what we do is helping people prepare. And the other piece that we do is we, we hold retreats and we do psychedelic retreats over two days with people. So one of the things that's really important to us is creating a space for when you come to do psychedelics that you're not just dropping in somewhere doing psychedelics and going home. So a big part for us is like creating an environment that's caffeine, technology, alcohol, uh, and, and cannabis free, um, where you, you come and you are in a serene environment with, with a good group of support around you with a really beautiful set of, um, practices and meditations and somatic work and saunas and cold plunges and nature exposure and healthy food and deep sleeps and, you know, all those kind of pieces to encapsulate your psychedelic experience so that you have the time before and after to drop into what is going on for you. What, how, you know, what, what, what is actually happening there? Hmm. And, and then post experience, a big part of it is, is how do we create community and, and a, an environment where you have support and, um, we offer coaching and, and therapy. And, and a big thing, what we're working on this year is, basically a, um, an integration program that's basically ongoing that anybody who has a psychedelic experience anywhere can come drop into our program. Mm. So whether you just did mushrooms in your living room with your partner or a friend or something, or you went to Peru or something like that, or Costa Rica and, and did ayahuasca, but didn't get the follow-up support you needed, um, whatever the experience was, or you went to a clinic, which will soon exist and you can just drop in and do MDMA or drop in and do ketamine. Um, like what w anybody who's going through any of those experiences can basically come drop into an integration program where there's others who have been through similar experiences. There's trained facilitators. There's a whole bunch of programmatic content that will help you unpack the experience, mm. um, and align it and, um, and integrate it into your life. Yeah. So those are all the, like, we're working on a whole bunch of pieces around that. Um, and so, so another aspect of that is, for instance, the breathwork stuff we're doing. I see breathwork as like an incredible tool, both for preparing yourself for a big psychedelic journey, because you can have psychedelic experiences just through breathwork. Um, and so if you've never done a big uh, medicine journey, doing some breathwork um, with, with, a, with a coach or even just doing it on your own is a great way to start opening up yourself to the consciousness experience to, you know, just to start, just to start getting into that space. And then post psychedelic experience, it's really powerful at bringing you back to that, bringing you back to that space. Um, so we've actually just launched, I just launched this week, we just launched um, our first uh, free streaming uh, guided, uh, guided breath work. And it's on Spotify or streaming or whatever, wherever you get your streaming. It's on YouTube as well. Um, because we wanted to basically start creating some tools that are just free for anybody to access. And so this is like custom music, 
guided, um, a guided breathwork experience that takes you into a deep state in about 35 minutes, not that long, pretty easy to do. So, so those are, those few of the things we're working on. I love that. I love that. And I, I think it bears repeating that you can reach some pretty wild states of consciousness just through breath. Oh man. Like, Unbelievable. What's possible. Yeah. And, and, and I think that, that for, for people who are either a little tentative or scared or, or just maybe not ready that yet, or just not interested at all in psychedelic work, the, the, the value, the benefit that you receive by, by an altered state of consciousness mm-hmm. is massively value, ma- massively mm-hmm. valuable. And, and, and when you realize that you can access some of these states, you can actually perturb your consciousness into a state where things look different and feel different and you've, but you're buzzing and, and you're feeling tingly in your body and you're, you, you, f- you fall in love with yourself again and you think about your life in a new way. All that stuff is possible you know, as Terrence McKenna would say, on the natch, like you could, you could, you could do it naturally. And, and so absolutely, you, you know, having, you know, having owned and operated float centers for such a long time, and you can do a float. Yeah. My, my best floats ever. And I've done lots of psychedelics in float tanks. My best floats ever have been totally on the natch. Like yeah. I worked out that morning. I had fasted for 18 hours you know, I, I had, I had, my meditation practice was, practice was really great. And I just like had this transcendent experience the, the like Saturday morning, you know, the sun is shining and the birds are chirping outside and, and I'm just having this transformational experience, you know, talking to my spirit guides and, and collaborating with, you know, with, with other entities and, and that is possible. And, and so I think it's, I think yeah. it's, it's really worth sort of reinforcing the fact that the breath that breath is that is that gap. Meditation and breath work are are kind of the portals into into those those altered states. Yeah, and, and we and we like for us, we're both my wife and I were Vipassana practitioners. We've done ten day silence retreats, and um, it's a like meditation is a huge part of of what we we hope to to bring to people, um, and we and we see it as a, a critical part of our practice. And then I just think breath work is like an active meditation technique that can drop you in a lot faster. So for a lot of people who haven't had a great experience with meditation or they find it challenging to to break in, like I find that until you get to the 15, 20 minute mark of a meditation, it's not great. And getting to 15, 20 minutes is super hard for most people, super hard. Like, and, uh, you know, I, I, it's just, it's just almost impossible for most people to sit for that long, uh, without a lot of training, a lot of focus. So breath work is just unbelievable to do. And, and the cool part about breath work is that you're in full control. Unlike when you take, uh, six or eight grams of mushrooms or you inhale five MEO DMT, which is the medicine we work with here. Um, you know, and there's just nothing you can do after that. Like you're going (laughs) Like you're going on, you're going on a mission and that, and that can be really scary for a lot of people. Like they're not ready to give up that level of control. It takes an incredible amount of openness and bravery to step into that realm. Mm. And, um, and in this day and age, we have a funny relationship with control and wanting to, you know, it's just, to me, it's, 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 um, it's sad, but it's true. And that's, that's fine. But breath work is interesting because you can get into deep states. And if, and if like, for instance, the, the breath work we have on streaming and on YouTube, in 35 minutes, you can go into a, you can leave time and space and you can really drift into a beautiful space. 
And if at any point you're like halfway through and you go, this isn't for me, I'm not ready for it today, you just stop the heavy breathing and yeah. you return back to baseline in about 30 seconds, you know? So it's, um, it's such an, it's such an effective portal for that kind of transformational work. So I do, and I recommend for people with breath work, like if you're going to do a, um, a heavier, like transcendental or holotropic style breath work, if you are nervous about it, do it with a coach the first time, like do it. And there's lots of coaches who do virtual, like we do that as well, but, um, or do a group class. There's lots of group classes, but do it with somebody to guide you through it and then, and then take it on by yourself. Um, you know, and then you can do it on your own once you get a feel for what's going on. Um, and then also know with breath work, there's a lot of different styles. So there's certain breath work sessions you can go to where they basically will put on music and then you're just supposed to be, like kind of breathe. Yeah. And there's no, there's no guiding. There's no instruction. You're basically just supposed to breathe on your own. And I personally, like some people love that. And I personally don't resonate with that. Like I really like a rhythm and an instruction and somebody sort of pushing me because breathing, I think the reason breath work hasn't been as big as it could be. And I think it will be huge a year from now. It'll be, you know, twice as big as it is now. And three years will be five times. Um, but, um, I think one of the reasons it hasn't been as big, even though it's been around for decades is that it's hard work, right? It like, yeah. it, it like there's, and there's a physiological barrier you need to get over when you're doing breath work, because when you're doing like a heavy holotropic breathing exercise, about five or 10 minutes in your body starts going like, what the fuck? Like, uh, this doesn't feel right. Cause you're basically, um, getting into a hyperventilation, um, rhythm and, and that, and it's totally healthy, but your pH level in your blood is changing and the oxygenation levels are changing and you're starting to have tingling, tingling feelings and you might have some cramping in your hands or something all perfectly normal, all perfectly safe, but it is a physiological barrier you need to push through to get to, to a level where you start to experience the real benefits. And, um, so I think a coach or a, a, a well-guided, um, process is really, really helpful to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It, it, it can get, uh, it can get intense. It can get scary. It can get a little bit like, wait, am I supposed to be feeling this way? Cause I feel like my body doesn't weigh anything right now. And that's like, you know, <laughs> that, that's a, that can be a touchy, a touchy spot for some folks, especially for the uninitiated who have, who are, they, they're interested in it. They, they want to, they want to explore it. Um, it's nice to know. And, 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 you know, the, it, it seems to me and, and rightly so that there are more and more resources online, like inward breath work, you know, there, there's, there's communities, there's, there's practitioners, the people that are doing this all the time and all they want to do is like help people do this. And it's, it's nice to know. Yeah. We're friends, like good friends with the inward folks and, and our breath works are about to be up on their platform and their breath works are up on the nature of work platform. Um, and they're, they're a great place to start. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've got, like I say, a free, a free sessions up on our, our website, um, enfoldinstitute.com. That's E N F O L D. Um, but like, and there's lots of stuff online. Like there's just tons, there's tons of stuff out there. You just got to look for it. There's, yeah, there's a lot of people have been doing it for a long time. Yeah. And there's, and, and just as word to the wise too, there's also a lot of people that are releasing breath work that, that maybe have a little bit more work to do, you know, it, just, just, just sifting through YouTube. There's just so much noise on there. There's a lot of people that, totally. that, um, that are, that are trying to help people that I think have really great intentions, but either don't have the experience or don't have the, um, um, just the, just the, the, the fortitude or, or the way to actually help facilitate in, in that way. So, 
You yeah, know? there's a massive range in quality and yeah. in, uh, experience level. And um, and yeah, like I said before, I just think if you're going to do a deep breathwork session, it's just like psychedelics. The breathwork itself might be kind of easy to facilitate, but but the reflection afterwards and the integration of it is also that's where the, the work lies. So yeah. be aware of that. So I'm, I'm like listening right now to people saying, uh, Sean, go ahead and circle back now and ask about 5-MEO. <laughs> you sort of, <laughs> sort of like teased it. Now we know it's what Steve's working on. Um, yeah. Well, let's, as, as much as you're comfortable with and, and, you know, there's, there's considerations to have. And, and we, you know, I, I should say that, you know, don't do things that aren't illegal, you know, be smart. Don't break, don't break the law. We're not, you know, this, whatever disclaimers, like just be smart. Don't break the law. But I would love to hear some of the, some of the, some of the work, some of the details, like what, what can you tell us about the work that you do with, with 5MEO? Yeah. My disclaimer is, uh, come to Canada where 5MEO DMT is legal. <laughs> yes. Come, um, but, but. But to be honest, my my disclaimer before is do your research and be super fucking careful because 5-MeO-DMT is the strongest hallucinogen on the planet. Uh, it's it's actually an entheogen and uh, it 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 is super powerful and anything super powerful is um, has the potential for great good and great harm. So can, can you make the distinction for folks between psychedelic and entheogen? One quick message and then we'll dive right back into the episode. This episode is brought to you by Fume. Fume is breathable essential oils. We all know the power of essential oils. We all know that most of our medicines, most of our um, salves and pharmaceuticals have derived from natural sources. And a lot of these natural sources can be distilled down to essential oils. And when it's done in a pure way, you can use them in diffusing into the air, but you can also use them through a wooden inhaler and with these cores that are soaked in essential oils and then you breathe them in throughout the day. They have a bunch of different types of blends that you can use. Uh, my favorite is peppermint. I use it before I work out, but there are bunches of other ones. There's Conquer, Shield, Reassurance, and they're all used for different for different causes. If you want to quit smoking, they have something for that. If you want something for your allergies, there's something for that. If you want to de-stress or have protect your immune system or relax or get ready for bed, they have all of these different blends that are perfect for you. I actually just kind of work with uh, the fume and I just sort of hold it, hang on to it, and puff on it from time to time. I absolutely love it. You can check them out if you go to fumeessential.com and use the code OPP for 10% off. Uh, it's really a, an affordable, incredible way to hack your olfactory system to be your best. Okay, back to the episode. Yeah, I'm like... 5-MeO still, you know, falls into the category of psychedelics, but an, an entheogen is referred to. The word entheos is it refers to the god within, um, and an entheogen is a substance that helps you uh, reach the god within, like have a um, have a have a religious or a spiritual experience with the like realizing the god within. And I refer to 5-MeO as a pure entheogen. It's and I say it's more of an entheogen than a psychedelic because. Unlike um, ayahuasca or mushrooms, all of which I'm a big fan of, but just the difference is there is that when you do ayahuasca or you do mushrooms or something like that, you will experience a lot of the psychedelia, colors, uh, visions, uh, hallucinations, um, 
you know, you're, you're tripping for lack of a better word, like you were having a full, uh, psychedelic experience with, with all of the colors and sounds and visuals and all the things that come along with it. Uh, 5-MeO is a little different than that in that I think of it as going straight through a lot of that and skipping that and skipping into a layer of, um, it basically is like a breakthrough that helps you break through faster without without a lot of the colors and the psychedelics and the long five hour trips and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. To me, it's like a straight portal to a God experience or to a non-dual experience. Now, for a lot of people, so first off, I'll back up and I'll explain what 5-MeO is. Um, 5-MeO is a chemical um, compound and you can basically ingest, I think there's two sources of it. One is uh, the one source where it's in sort of high enough quantity that you could readily take it from nature and smoke it is um, from the uh, venom of the Sonoran Desert toad. There's a toad in the Arizona um, uh, Arizona desert in between Mexico and Arizona. And in fact, if you want to learn all about this, Hamilton uh, Pharmacopoeia just released the first episode of his new season. It is just like the most phenomenal episode about 5-MeO-DMT. And it actually, he he goes and finds the guy who discovered the toad um, and who did all the first research and basically did all this um, did all this research and realized there, this toad out here must be, must have psychedelic properties and went and found it and milked the first toad, like took the venom from the toad. Um, but anyway, so you can get it from this Sonoran Desert toad. And um, the reason is these toads hibernate for nine months of the year. And they build up large stores of venom in these sacks, like on their arms and in their neck. And you can basically squeeze those sacks and it, it just, and you spray out the venom, you let it dry and you smoke it. Like that's it. There's no, it's pretty simple. Unfortunately, um, because 5-MeO has become a lot more popular, uh, people are going nuts for these toads and they're almost extinct suddenly. Like oh. they're, they're just being run off the planet. And there's only one place that they exist in the world. There's also a lot of issues around uh, cartel activity in that area and, and um, criminal activity and violence. Um, and so for just a whole host of reasons, it's not all that ethical at this point to be smoking toad, unfortunately. And uh, we've smoked toad and we, we have some toad medicine that was gifted to us and that's fine. But what we primarily work with is synthetic 5-MeO. And it's one of the few psychedelics where, you know, the the synthetic, it's kind of like LSD. Like you can find LSD and there are the principles of LSD in certain natural things, but it's actually just a molecule. Mm. And like you can produce that molecule very effectively in very large quantities for very low cost. And, and same thing with 5-MeO. We, we, we procure absolutely pure 5-MeO from a lab in Europe and uh, we work with that. And, and the advantages of that are a few. One is that we're not, you know, destroying a, a, for a, a toad population and leading to, to, to local violence in that region. But, but two is that because this is such a strong psychedelic, um, it's nice to be able to work with the pure molecule because we can be very careful about dosages. Um, we're working with like a, a small dose is like uh, five milligrams. It's, and if you think of dust, it's like taking some salt and sprinkling it into your hand. Like that's a dose. It's mm. so small. Um, like when we show people the dosages, they're always blown away. Huh. Um, so, <laughs> so, we, so you got, so you got to be really careful. And, and, and um, over the last few years, my wife and I have spent a, a ton of time building a process and, and a way of administering that's 
as precise as possible so that we're like just really being careful about how we administer this this psychedelic or this entheogen. Um, so anyway, that's what 5-MeO is. It's the strongest psychedelic on the planet. Um, it's about 10 times stronger than NNDMT, which is like when people think of ayahuasca has DMT in it um, or people smoke DMT, you're hearing a lot about DMT research. Most of that is NNDMT, which is different than 5-MeO-DMT totally different, uh, experience, similar molecular makeup. Hmm. But when people are talking about DMT or the camp or the, or the, um, active ingredient in ayahuasca, that's NNDMT. And so five MEO is about anywhere from eight to 10 times stronger. Um, and basically people think of DMT as the spirit molecule. And you talked about the, um, machine elves and you, you go into a space where you have, um, entities talking to you or animals or, lots of strong visuals, these basically spirit layers of, of the universe that you're existing in. Um, I kind of find 5-MeO, and it's 5-MeO is referred to as the God molecule, and it's almost like it breaks through that layer into a God layer, like the information layer of the universe, the white light of the universe. It's like this quant, like I think of it as, I mean, I think of it as God, and I think of it as the quantum field, mm -hmm. and I think of it as like the information layer, the it's like the it's where actually our name and fold comes from um, quantum physicists uh, phys, uh, physicists like theoretical physicists um, David Bohm one of the most famous theoretical physicists came up with this concept of the enfolded universe and the unfolded universe the implicate and the extricate order and the and the enfolded um, we experience the excuse me the we experience the unfolded universe which is the reality that we exist in, but the uh -huh. enfolded universe is like the true information layer. It's the real reality. It's where it's basically like this, think of it as like this information layer that then produces what we experience mm. in the material world. Um, so anyway, I find that 5-MeO can take you straight into that space. Mm. Um, but I'll say that, you know, I, I used to always describe it as this pure God experience, this pure white light, and that's what it is every time. And for a lot of people, that's not necessarily true. They have, there's layers to, to reach, to, to kind of, um, work through before you get to those God experiences. Um, and the, you know, what we find is that through creating a better and better retreat experience, we get people closer and closer and sometimes they break right through. But oftentimes what we find is that you need to work through some of the layers of psychological or conscious, you know, like, layers of trauma or baggage or healing that need to happen often you you work through those before you you reach a pure god experience um so the way i think of it is that it's like you're going from wherever you are in your life today it's almost like you're remembering through your entire life and then you're remembering your birth and then you're remembering life before you were a single being like you're remembering all of life where you came from and so you're, it's like a remembrance of what life truly is. But oftentimes as in that process of remembering, there might be layers there that are really thick and sludgy and, and traumatic and you get caught in those and, and that's where the work is for that trip and that's where you work. And then the next time you do it, you go a little further and we have people going through birthing experiences and death and birth experiences and all these things. And then there's experiences where you break through all of that and you just experience the universe as a single moment of perfection of like pure white light and it's just uh 
like nothing else, man. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing else. Uh, what What's the, I mean, <laughs> where do you go from there? What What's the, what's the profound question that the uh, interviewer asks from there? That, that, um, I think, I think a lot of I think a lot of people are wondering um, besides besides that that experience that you mm-hmm. can that you can have besides that oneness that that experiential knowledge that you then have and kind of take back into your life and and, mm-hmm. and, and that process of of working through maybe trauma or you know. Um, whatever emotional emotional distress that you've had in your life where where does where does it go from there where where do people um on the other side of of this work with you Mm -hmm. where do they where does uh where does it Uh, let me answer your question i think i can answer your question (laughs) the question is like kind of what's the point what's the fucking point here (laughs) like 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 where does this like Yes, you can have this God experience, but so what? Right, right so like, what? Yeah. And and this is really at the at the root of our work and, and why why we do this is so what happens and, and I'll say for me, my first five MEO experience, unlike any of the other psychedelic experiences I've had, which have all been profound and meaningful and, and taught me something and you know been informative in some way. For me, 5-MEO was the the one experience besides maybe like my wedding where there was a before me mm. and an after me and a complete shift, like in some ways a confirmation of so many things that I just felt in my spirit for much of my life that's driven me. But that was like, oh, it's like reading the science behind my intuition about the universe, you know, ah. um, but like what 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 it what we hope for and what we what we hope that people experience for themselves and and find for themselves um is that when you experience this level of the universe like when you when you break through the layers of your your ego and your consciousness and 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 all the all the stuff you you hopefully can come back with a new level of perspective on what's really going on here and what i mean by that is that this this life that we're living is is very um, short and it's a game and like we are creating it and it, like every we are creating our reality in front of us and the way we perceive each other is the way we perceive ourselves and the way we perceive situations creates the outcomes of those situations and that like this is all an illusion like and that and that while we may have thought that like um, somebody being mad at us or a, um, a bad review coming at our work or um, some something happening in our life was like de- hugely detrimental and just like going to end our lives, it absolutely means fuck all. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's important in the sense that we have to play this game and we're, we're going through this life together and there's sort of, you know, um, collective consciousness has created some rules about how we function within the societies and things like that we we have so much freedom within that and and outside of that and when you and you when you when you're able to step above and look at look at life from a broader perspective and realize that life isn't the 
60 to 100 years you get on this planet, it's mm. a whole bigger thing that you're part of. Mm. Then, then, then suddenly, hopefully, like either the trauma that you've been through in the past or, or the adversity you're going to face in the future becomes a totally different, you have a totally different relationship with it. And you, because you, you can, you can separate, like you can, you're, you know, you can relax your identity a bit with all the shit that's going on. You can, you can start to realize that there's a much bigger picture at play. There's a much bigger story here. And so it's a religious experience. It's, it's realizing that there's a much bigger thing that you're part of than just what's going on with your, you know, your friend at work or your, your enemy at work or like all the goals you have or, or, or what's going, what, what, who's, who's competing with you on Instagram or like all this bullshit. Yeah. It just helps you. It, like, that's what we hope for people. And, and that's on an individual level, but on a con like on a collective consciousness level, we hope that people will stop being so attached to their identity so that they can realize that this world is incredibly complex, that we're all connected and that until we reach that understanding that there's no real right or wrong, that there's only really just love and learning and process and flow that like, like all of the challenges we're seeing around politics and all these things in the world right now, it's because we need to raise consciousness. We need to get a bigger picture on what's going on here. Mm. We need to collectively do that really quickly. Otherwise, we're just going to kill each other, right? Yeah. Because so that's sort of like on a micro scale and then up to a macro scale, why we do what we do and what I think is so important about psychedelic work or introspective work on this level. Yeah, well said. Well said. Yeah, that the the, the most important stuff in life isn't stuff at all. It's it's perspective, it's emotion, it's connection, it's love, kind of, you know, bringing it full circle too, right? To go from, you know, the consideration around like the acquisition of material goods, like might mean more to have just a new way of being, a new way of seeing yourself, a perspective that just shifts everything. I, I, hopefully, all of us have had one or two, maybe more, of these experiences in our lives where it's like, that shifted everything for me, right? You look up in the sky and you see something that you cannot explain up in the sky. Like you, yeah. once, once you have one of those moments or you get... Um, you know, a near-death experience, you know, yeah. um, a spontaneous astral projection, these sorts of things where it's like, man, it totally shook. It totally shook everything uh, up that I thought I was, that I thought this reality was, that I thought this world was. And now I, it's, it's, uh, it's soothing a little bit to know that there's, there's so much more there's, that I know so little and, it, and, yep. and, and it, I think at its finest, it, it can encourage you to be a better person, to love more, to, again, bring it back, like live your life with more purpose. And um, yeah, that's uh, I think that's that's the best of what entheogens can do. Um, beautiful. Yeah, man. Beautiful. And I, I like uh, I think we're at a time in human society where the Internet has is slowly unraveling our understanding of what reality is. The internet is the internet is showing us like before the internet and TV started doing this before that. It's not like the you know, but the internet is the first time in history where there's it's it's really easy to find out what other people's version of reality is and what they believe is true. 
and it, and suddenly there's millions and millions of versions of reality and um we're realizing that what is true is maybe not as true as we thought and that two people can exp- watch the same thing and believe two different things about it and that reality isn't as permanent or as exact or as fixed as we want, once would have liked to have believed. And so the internet is really quickly unraveling um, governments, society, uh, you know, all these different aspects of culture and, and how we, the fabric of how we hold things together. It's loosening that. And, and in some ways that is really, really, I mean, it's, it, it, it it's getting us closer to a true, um, what, like, I guess I think of it as like the true singularity moment, like the true realization of, of what reality actually is. However, right now, and unless people start waking up and raising consciousness and realizing how complex things actually are and, and having a much broader perspective on what life is, is the, you either do that or you get your defenses up and you join a tribe and you start fighting. Right. Mm. And that's what we're seeing. Like, I mean, it's, it's really bad in the, in the U S right now, um, in terms of, uh, the political fighting and like the storm on the Capitol and wokeism. Like I wouldn't say it's necessarily worse or better on one side, quote unquote, than the other. These sides are fabricated, but they're just, it's just tribalism because people are afraid because their sense of reality is, is being questioned, put into question. And there's only in that moment, there's only two choices up or down. Hmm. Right. And so, so, so that's why I think it's just so, it's so critical that as the internet and as these, as technology starts to just completely blow apart what we thought was true and what is possible that we have to rise with it or we, or we go down. Right. Hmm. Like those are our two choices. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The, the emergence, the emergence of the internet, the emergence of social media, these different yeah, the realities and avatars have to be matched by an increase in our awareness. In our, yeah. In and, our ability to like the term sense making, I think is a really important term to, to be thinking about because sense making has, is basically at an all time low right now. Um, and it's partly due to access to information, but the access we have to information, which we think is sort of unfiltered and and unlimited is actually being like greatly manipulated by algorithms, by social media platforms, by, um, media, by media, basically by corporate interests, by an interest to monetize that information. Um, and platforms like Facebook and Instagram and, uh, all these kind of things, they, they, their algorithm and YouTube and all of these things are algorithmically, um, filtering the content we're seeing, and it's so hard to sense make in today's today's environment um, that you have to just be super super careful about the information that you're taking in. You have to be uh, incredibly diligent and 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 thoughtful about everything you read today because there's 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 so many um, challenges there. And again, like it, that to me is one of the hugest issues we're facing. And the other issue is like the attention management issue with, with like the work around we're doing with nature of work. It's like, you need to be able to pull back from these platforms and not be addicted to them and yeah. not be constantly inundating yourself with ideas that aren't yours. Yeah. Right. And that, that are curated by an algorithm that the algorithm of Instagram or Facebook 
only really cares if you spend more time there. It doesn't care if you get good information or bad information. And that's also contributing to all of this tribalism, right? So, you know, over the summer, we saw like Black Lives Matter and and, and sort of a level of sort of woke politic um, tick up and and become sort of this mainstream movement that was rooted in some real challenges, some some challenges that we need to be thinking about and, and working on as a society together, but also just a, a, such a, a violent tribal, um, bizarre approach that's not rooted in research, not rooted in science, not rooted in, in fact, um, but rooted in like just pure emotion. And, and so many people got spun into that, into a very ineffective approach to solving a real problem. Right. And then on the right, you see the exact same thing with Trump and QAnon and like uh, and and like extremism on on that end of things too. So you've got these two extremes happening in the states right now. And until people stop stop, you know, reading New York Times and Fox News and start seeking better sources of information and starting to get back into the middle, where it's like actually there's lots of gray area here. There's yeah. lots of nuance here. There's lots to discuss here, and we actually probably really want the same thing. Yeah, um, society's gonna be in trouble if we if if we don't. And, and we're not just seeing in the states. There's a lot of democracies around the world that are being um, unraveled by by algorithms and by social media and by the internet. Um, yeah. be, because they're a lot easier to unravel than a dictatorship, right? Like right. China just blocks the shit that they don't want you to see. Right. And Russia right. just blocks the shit that they don't want you to see. It's not. They're not like smarter or. <laughs> You know, they're, they're just not letting their people have access to certain information, which is wrong in all sorts of ways as well. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. And, and, and that that's that sweet spot in the middle that, especially in the United States, it's just um, it's 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 harder and harder to, to, to take take a nuanced argument and, uh, you know, understand the complexity between perspectives. Um, it's just you're either well, forced yeah. one way or forced another way and and increase and yeah. yeah, increase awareness of the self, um, prioritization, what what your values yeah. are. We all want to love each other. Um, uh, we all want to be connected and, and have fulfilled lives. And we're yeah. sort of being told that it's got to be one way or another way. These are important conversations to have. I mean, I, I'm 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 grateful to have you today to to explore some of these topics: how we live, how we work, how we. How you val- how we value our time, the experiences that we can have, because in the, in the pursuit of of the best life that we can is the only thing. It's the it, it's the it's the only thing worth exploring. How can we how can we be our best? Not not to achieve status, but to really um, to make a difference in the world. And and it's and it's obvious to me and everyone listening right now that that you are you are doing that in so many different ways and, and facilitating this sort of growth. And I just want to say thank you for, for what you do. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. You too, Sean, like inspired by your work, inspired by your podcast. So I appreciate it, man. Yeah. So this last question is a fill in the blank, um, specifically designed to keep people off guard. Um, but before we, uh, before I ask that question, can you tell people, direct them to all of the different places where they can follow along, learn more, um, sign up for the course, the whole shebango? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Nature of Work is online at natureofwork.co. And that's our Instagram handle as well. You can find Enfold Institute at enfoldinstitute.com, E-N-F-O-L-D institute.com. 
And then you can just find me at Steve Real kind of everywhere. You can Google me and I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on wherever. I'm everywhere at, at Steve Real. You on TikTok? Uh, no, I am not. I think TikTok <laughs> is a beast of it's honestly like basically all the all the worst uh, algorithmic uh, technology put into one place. I probably should be for my own promotion, but it it feels like the devil. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I I've got a friend who's really into it, and he and and he's like, oh, you gotta check this out. You gotta check this out. It's like I I, I don't I don't I can't. I I just don't want to commit myself to checking out anything on TikTok. Please and thank you. <laughs> I, I was on. I, I loaded it because. Um, so my daughter is like a live streamer on Twitch and, and she does all this, like she's like twitching, um, like live streaming for a living and, and she's on all these platforms and shit like that. And she was telling me about TikTok. So I checked it out for like five minutes and I just, I couldn't believe how little I cared about the content, but how addicted I was to scrolling oh, through oh. it. Like within like four minutes, it yeah. was totally wild. Like it is honestly, it feels just totally insane. Um, it's really it's digital crack, just just like all these other platforms are. But it's really, I think of TikTok. If like you know, if Instagram and Facebook are cocaine, TikTok is like the cooked crack. Like it is like let's make like how do we make cocaine way fucking stronger and how do we smoke it? Yeah. Well, that's what TikTok is to me. Yeah. Um, and so I yeah I, I am not. Yeah. <laughs> not on TikTok. No. Nope. Uh, well, this is the, this is the last question and to fill in the blank and it can be based on anything and everything that you know, it doesn't have to be specific to one in one specific category, but please fill in the blank, elaborate mm-hmm. as much or as little as you like. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Everyone would benefit from knowing that we are all one life and that we are formed in love. Hmm. You're here. Steve Rio, thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thanks for having me, man. And scene. Cool, man. That was great. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Natural Stacks. I just took a handful of magnesium. Magnesium. It's called MagTech, and it's got three different kinds of magnesium in it. It's a blend to help you relax, to help you your your muscles relax to lubricate your joints and to help you sleep deeper and longer. Incredible product. I absolutely love it. And I've been using it for a long, long time. You know, a lot of people ask me, um, Sean, how do you decide what supplements to take? And I, I try to eat intuitively. And I also try to take supplements intuitively. If I feel stiff, you know, I'll seek out solutions. If I feel like I'm not getting enough sleep, I'll seek out hacks and solutions for that. And Uh, magnesium is an essential element that we are all depleted in because our soil is so terrible. So the food that we eat is just depleted of its mineral content. That's where you can get your bases covered by taking MagTech. So you can go to naturalstacks.com and you can use the code OPP15 for 15% off. Take me up on it. It's it's really a wonderful product, especially if you have trouble getting to sleep at night. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this amazing episode that I had so much fun recording with Steve Rio, and uh, I will see you on the internet.